0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I have had the humidifier running all day, so I'm not coughing as much, although we'll mm-hmm. see about that. You're over your third booster by now, Bruce? Yeah, yesterday was a bit tough. The second booster, I guess.
1: Uh, well, the, the booster. Uh, oh, this is my third shot, and uh, yesterday was tough. Not not quite as tough as it was uh, uh, after the second shot. I was really down and out the day after that. But yesterday, I I spent several hours sleeping. Let's put it that way, and didn't have a lot of oomph. But today, bounced back just like last time. The day after the day after was fine. Sore arm.
0: Yeah. Bruce, For the fun. Oilers broke their losing streak at six games and um, it was a really interesting game in a lot of ways. At least the first period was a very fascinating first period of hockey. Um, Let's just get right to it. They won the game 5-2 in the end over the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll do two good things, two bad things and two numbers. Because it's a end of a six game losing streak, we'll do two good things each. What's your first good thing, Bruce?
1: Yeah, well, i got to start out with the uh, good thing that was tonight's number one star, uh, Yasa Pugliarvi, had a huge game for the Oilers tonight with uh, uh, breaking open the game early with two power play goals on essentially the same power play when uh, uh, Columbus took two penalties on the same play. One, a real dumb one for playing without a helmet, uh, where Jakub Voracek kind of fell asleep and stayed in the play with his helmet off, which is now verboten. And uh, the play went on long enough for Kylo Yamamoto to make essentially his, his one contribution to the win, but it was a big one. He drew a penalty, which is one, one of his skills he's very good at, and it gave the Orders a two man advantage. Five on three, Pulgarvi scores. One guy comes out of the box. Power play continues five on four, Pulgarvi scores again. And this is being the net front guy, and with Zach Hyman currently out of commission. Uh, Yes, is the only net front guy that they, you know, they really have. So he's getting more action. Like tonight, he played um, five minutes and 45 seconds on the penalty power play, Dreisaitl 552, McDavid 529, Nugent Hopkins 538. In other words, he was a full-time member of the power play unit without switching off for Hyman partway through. And he scored those two goals. He pounded eight shots on net to uh, uh, to uh, lead the Oilers. Uh, and it wasn't just that, David. He made, to my eye, at least four stretch passes in this game from his own, <coughs> uh, deep inside his own zone to send a teammate away. I, I believe the first three were all to McDavid. Certainly two of the three were uh, that led to... Uh, uh, dangerous rushes. Uh, I think three of them turned into what we considered uh, high danger or, or uh, grade A shots, and one of them, you know, was a good pass that just didn't lead to anything. And then, uh, of course, the last one was the one where he blocked a shot and then made an excellent stretch pass to Warren Fogle for the empty netter that uh, finally put this one to bed at five to two. So, two goals and assists. And I just thought he played a strong game at both ends of the ice, and uh, uh, he was uh, he was all over it tonight. So deservedly made, first star.
0: Maybe his best game as a professional in some ways, Bruce, just with his um co- confidence and dexterity with the puck. Um, you know, it's one thing that's just a little bit missing from Pully game now and then is that kind of fine, and even tonight, like he missed some of. The, some of the shots he He had a hat trick
1: on his stick there that one player didn't he
0: yeah so (laughs) we saw it a little bit tonight I mean he he's still uh, you know still a young guy growing into his body he's this great big guy and he's getting more and more coordinated and getting better and better you know at the start of the year there was a debate you know and there's still is I I guess it's not over between Yamamoto and Pugliarvi there might just be money for one of these guys I think uh the bet's looking pretty good on the Bison King getting that money. And, um, yep. you know, he's going to get that kind of Batherson. Um, where was it? What was the guy in Philly who got that big contract, too? Another forward. um Farabee.
1: Joel Farabee. Farabee.
0: <coughs> <laughs> Batherson's doing quite well, I understand. I'm not sure about
1: ever <laughs> Can that guy ever shoot the puck? Anyway, uh, yeah. He, he's uh, he's in that class of young forward that's about to get paid. And yeah. They'll... Uh, uh, they'll have to uh, do a little tap dancing to find the cap room to uh, to lock him up for any any kind of term I think and uh, hopefully they do find the t- cap room because he's the kind of player they should be building around
0: yeah he's he's, uh, he's, he's a the, you know he's an aircraft carrier out there a big great big guy skilled mm. you want to keep him Bruce my good thing is Stuart Skinner and the owners did their damnedest to give this game away in the first few minutes. There was two odd man rushes, and we won't get into the details of them because they're going to come up in our (coughs) bad things, but there was two odd man rushes. And one of them was just a goal because Zach Wierenski didn't take enough time to pick the open half of the net, shot it right at Skinner. Skinner made a really good save off Roslebeck on the other one, which was a three-on-one. He he made four... uh, at least four great saves, Bruce. There was sixteen. The great A shots were sixteen, sixteen in this That's game. A lot. Both, yeah, a lot of great A shots. He only let in two of them. He had a great game, and he's he's just based on recent performance. They've got to go to back to him for the next game. Like he's he's the number one goalie right now in Edmonton. Um, you had to give it to Miko at the start of the year for his winning oh, record. Next game, good question, but. um but Stuart Skinner has been playing great. You know, even in his losses, he's he's had, I think, one or two bad games out of the games that he's played, but he's been pretty solid every game. And man, did he ever look good at this game. He's handling the puck well. He's making all the saves. And early in the game, when they, when this team's confidence could have easily been destroyed, oh. shattered, he he kept them in this game. So uh, mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner is my, my first good thing. What's your second, Bruce? Okay.
1: Okay. Well, our our two are going to be kind of parallel, but I'm going to pick one of these guys, uh, Derek Ryan. Uh, The Oilers got the best performance they've gotten all year from a bottom six line tonight, and I refer to the line of Ryan, Cassian, and uh, Perlini, all of whom had very strong games. Uh, In the case of of Ryan, uh, he he played a lot, uh, almost 14 minutes, and... uh, Uh, 21 shifts to uh, lead the team tied with Nugent Hopkins because, of course, he uh, uh, does lots of work on the penalty kill. He led the forwards a nice time on the penalty kill tonight and did well in that that, um, function. Uh, But he scored a a nice goal by going to the net, by tipping, uh, I don't know if it's been officially credited yet, uh, tipping Perlini's outside shot that forced the... um, I would say forced the rebound from Ellis Merzlikens because the shot coming into him was tipped right in front of him. And then he jumped on that rebound and was able to stuff it through and get his first goal in some, was it 23 games for him? 23 games with uh, with uh, without a goal. He got one tonight and... Uh, Uh, Let's just say there are vacancies on the schneid tonight because several Oilers got off of it. And Derek Ryan was one of those guys. Uh, Just, you know, his numbers, I mean, they they stand out to me. Uh, Three shots, two hits, two takeaways, nine and five on the faceoff dot, 64%, and nothing. Plus two with a goal. And some decent work sort of driving through the slot on uh, the Perlini goal even though I didn't get a point on it that was a that was a play where all three line mates uh, uh, had had their uh, contributions to it in one way or another and uh, uh, just overall uh, oh one more number for uh, Derek Ryan when he was uh, on the ice the Oilers out uh, Columbus 12-4 <coughs> This is a bottom six line for the Oilers, out shooting the other guys 12-4, out scoring them 2-0. Like, this is manna from heaven for this team.
0: It was an amazing <laughs> thing, considering how much attention has been paid to how poor the bottom six have been on yeah. the Oilers.
1: Well, it's high time, but it's great to see. <clears throat> let's let's welcome it and let's let's credit it when it happens. As, uh, they, were, they were a huge part
0: of the win. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go with Brendan Perlini as my other good thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he he's someone who in his first I don't know how many games with the Oilers whatever many games that was he didn't make he hardly made a good offensive play uh, <coughs> after lighting it up in the preseason in those first games he just couldn't get anything going. This was the first time he looked like the Brendan Perlini of the preseason <coughs> in this game back and he was fantastic. Um he got off a, a really <coughs> good outside shot hard shot on net on Ryan's goal. His own goal was a fantastic uh, snipe that picked the corner. The and then he he got off another really hard grade a shot in the third kind of I think it was um can't remember the circumstance right now. He got seven shots in total, and they mm-hmm. when he was on the ice they outshot CBJ twelve to three. He had the best
1: <laughs> so shooting
0: record on the Oilers. So if he can continue to put anything close to this together, I mean he he does have some offensive ability. We just didn't see it in game after game after game, but we finally saw it tonight. So good for Brendan Perlini. Great game.
1: He played 13 games up till now with zero points, uh, minus four. Uh, The Oilers hadn't so much as scored a single goal while he was on the ice, and he had six shots on net in in 13 games combined. Tonight, one game, he had seven shots on net. So he more (laughs) than doubled his season total in one game, and he looked like a completely different guy like he was just flying around out there zooming around in the offensive zone. He wire, he was he did one little button hook in the corner and he wired a shot from almost the boards that caught the post on the near side and almost overpowered the goalie from there and he was just he had the shooter mentality. And you know what happened was he became the odd man out a couple of weeks ago. He went down to Bakersfield. I think he played two games and in the second one he scored two goals. And then circumstances with two guys going into COVID protocol. First of all, he got called up, and then he got forced into the lineup because they only had 12 forwards, so they had to use him tonight. And this was, uh, you know, last chance Texaco, as uh, my friend Low Tide likes to, likes to put it. And he took that chance and absolutely seized it with a tremendous game. Like full credit to him. And I'll chip in. I uh, just... We don't have enough good things to go around, but all three members of that line contributed. Zach Cassian had his best game in quite some time. He had four hits and a couple of shots, including one that was converted on the rebound, and uh, uh, two very fine defensive plays from Zach Cassian. One excellent one in the in the low slot that broke up a dangerous chance. And this is, you know, again, welcome it. We don't haven't seen it often, but we saw it tonight. And this was a strong performance <coughs> by all three guys on that makeshift line.
0: I only gave Cassian a five. Maybe I was a little hard on him.
1: I uh, thought He was all right. I well, really you know, know, he was. I mean, I think we got the right two guys as being the two standouts. But uh, you know, Cassian was a good complimentary player on that line for sure.
0: Well, two great big wingers to play with little Ryan there, and uh, Ryan's yep. a player. Bad things. Let's move on to bad things. What's your bad thing, Bruce? <sighs>
1: Yeah, uh, Duncan Keith had, uh, you know, in a a game where the the Oilers needed a strong start, and he was culpable on two wide open odd man rushes by uh, by um, Columbus. In the first six or seven minutes, I mean, you referenced them because of the save Stuart Skinner made to bail his teammates out. Well, one of those teammates in both cases was Duncan Keith, uh, who was too deep in the zone and blew a tire and went down on the first one, leaving Cody Ceci alone to try and cope with the two-on-one. And then uh, on the second one, just making a horrendous pinch up the board (coughs) when, again, there was no forwards Behind in support of him, and he got beat on that pinch. And that one wound up being a three on one, Uh, and another uh, outstanding save by Skinner. And the trouble is, you know, though, I mean, we got away with those ones, but there was a few, David. How many we got here?
0: Took a bad penalty.
1: He took a bad penalty, deflected a shot on his own net. Uh, We have him. I was culpable on seven Columbus scoring chances, including one of the goals, and you know that's just not a good number for any defenseman, and and uh, not for a guy that isn't isn't creating a whole lot at the other end of the ice. So yeah, zero I, I four seven against.
0: Yeah. I thought he settled down after the first. I mean, yeah, the, the
1: first, first period, period was the worst, but yeah.
0: <laughs> he was headed for a two, a grade of two. He ended up with mm-hmm. a three. Because uh, oh. he was slightly better, <laughs> but he wasn't. He, it was a poor game, and um, yeah, he's dragging down his partner a bit. Cece, I thought, was fairly strong. He got beat on one goal in front of the net. There was a rebound, and he just got beat on the play. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, Keith, just he's you know crank it up, veteran. Let's get her done. Um, that's what you're here for. He's he is just back from injury. Sometimes it yeah. takes a while, mm-hmm. so um, we'll see how he does. I, I mean, I was I have been okay with his play up until now I would say um that was not an okay game that was a poor no, game so you're right to pick him Bruce
1: I like my him bad. with puck on a stick and he yeah. he made some good passes in this game as well but as a defenseman his you know defending is a big part of his job description and tonight that wasn't good enough
0: <laughs> <coughs> excuse me my bad thing is just is Leon's first shift mm-hmm. and he's a leader on this team He's one of the the veterans on this team. He's an assistant captain. And on his first shift of the game, he makes a turnover. He passes behind uh, the player he's trying to hit. Then Duncan Keith wipes out, which is the main problem on this play, is Keith wiping out. But it does lead to a two-on-one, which then turns into kind of a, th- a three-on-something, uh, maybe just three-on-one or three-on-two. Uh, but Leon was kind of late on the back check there. So just, these weren't terrible plays by Leon. The turnover <coughs> did kick off the sequence, but, you know, he, he, it could have so easily been one nothing. And as one of the leaders on the team, I just think he's got to really, he, he's got to hustle harder on the back check there. He's got, and, you know, the turnover, these things will happen to any player, but um, I didn't love his play on that, on that particular goal against, or not goal against, uh, five alarm chance against. So,
1: right. well, there's a two odd man rushes, so I may have them conflated. Uh, but the uh, on one of them, uh, McTavish actually in the broadcast talked about Leon busting his butt on the back check and turning it into a, catching up with the first guy, and then it was the, the late trailer that wound up with the chance. So, it wasn't probably...
0: the first, it wasn't the first one, I can assure yeah, okay. you. I mean, if it is, I disagree with McTee. Um, okay. I didn't see Leon Hustlin back on that one at all. So, okay.
1: um,
0: <clears throat> The first one, I think, um, the CBG player cuts across the slot yeah. to beat Nurse across the slot. He made a very good offensive play. I think it was Bjorkstrom, Bjorkstrand or whatever his name Bjorkstrand, is. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when the trailer got hit with the pass. So, And, that, and it was the trailer who got the shot off. So if mm-hmm. someone was busting his butt to get to him, he didn't get there in time. Um well, he, he caught the first Columbus guy but there was a th-
1: there was a 2 on 1 and and uh uh he like I say I'm um, at this moment I can't remember which of the two odd man rushes yeah. it was that Leon overtook the 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 second Columbus attacker but nobody got the third guy because Keith was out of the play and neither of the other forwards was able to pick him up so
0: sure maybe they anyway. maybe that was the second one I don't know Bruce what's your number
1: my number is $10 million from the Evanston Oil Community Foundation that they have uh, donated to the Boyle Street Community um, Services for construction or uh, uh, renovation of a, uh, a new downtown uh, project. And this lifted my heart, David, that they uh, all that money that they're bringing in off the 50-50s is a ridiculous amount of money that they're getting half of they're actually putting to something as obviously good for the community and in the immediate vicinity of Roger's place where they are that they that they're uh, you know making a significant contribution to an important uh, community effort and uh, uh, my my hat is off to the Evanston Norris Community Foundation and for whoever is working out the details of all that that uh, uh, they could make such an immense contribution where it's so badly needed.
0: Do you know where they're building it? Did they make that clear? Is it on yeah, the site? Is it on
1: the s- two blocks north, uh, 100th Street and 107A Avenue. <clears throat> so just uh, right, right on, I think, the north side of 107A Avenue, and there's some kind of big existing building there, but they're going to do major renovations and, okay. and turn that in. And, and the previous site, they sold that building to <clears throat> the Oilers, uh, Edmonton Oilers... Uh, O-E-G, yeah. for $5 million in a separate transaction. Uh, so the Oilers uh, Entertainment Group have got a new property downtown, but they paid, you know, the list value for that. And the Boyle Street um, project that's uh, estimated at $28 million, they got half of that money in one fell swoop with these, uh, uh, you know, a $5 million sale and a $10 million donation and to me you know this this is uh important work that's been done in our community and it deserves to be called out and, and credited the orders take a lot of crap from this community and and some of it they certainly deserve but uh to me they mended a big fence with this move
0: yeah i mean the old building's a terrible rundown building mm-hmm. right yeah, and it, it was it, it was a problem building right where that is um they can't. You could never redevelop that area. So this is a bit of a win-win. Like the orders, they they are doing a great service for the community. The mm-hmm. orders also get a win out of this, Bruce. Yep. They're going to be able to more easily now redevelop the area right around the <coughs> excuse me, around the arena, which has always been their plan. Mm-hmm. And this will be off to the side a little bit. Beautiful facility that they're planning. I mean, it looks absolutely spectacular, and obviously uh, fulfilling a great service, uh, taking care of homeless people and. And other people downtown, all kinds of services run out of the uh, Boyle Street Co-op. So, um, it's. It, I think this is a win. It's a win, 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 win yeah. for Boyle Street, win for the Oilers, and a win for downtown because I do think it's going to make it easier to develop that area around the arena and, and get even more more stuff going on there, which is also it's, it's always been part of the plan, right. and, and and a need for the city of Edmonton to uh, get a better downtown. So. Yeah, we had that debate long and hard, Bruce, mm-hmm. <laughs> a few years ago, as you might recall. Yes. All righty. <clears throat> my number is... Um, my number is point nine two two, which is Stuart Skinner's save percentage, which is the 14th best save percentage of anyone oh. who's played more than eight games. I've just picked eight games because he pay- he's played nine <clears throat> in the NHL. So he's in the top 15... Um, Goalies right now. The kid's playing great hockey. He's Hmm. he's making a real run for it here, Bruce, in terms of they've got Smith for another year. He's making a real when he gets back. Let's see how he plays. Let's see how Mike Smith plays, right? Because his contract isn't so much that you couldn't just gack it, right? Send it to the minors or do eat it or whatever. Like he could be the third goalie or whatever if he's not healthy enough to play. Right. But Stuart Skinner's looking like he's gonna be one of the goalies next year. Whoever else is here, we don't know yet. But right. Stuart Skinner is gonna be here, I think. Might be a little premature to say that. Things can change fast for goalies, but he's just he's looked good, Bruce. Yes. He's looked solid. He's moved well. Like he I remember being so concerned about him when I first saw him in his first year in the HL. He 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 just didn't he has transformed his, his his movement in the net. He's he's so solid in position all the time. Uh, you know, he, he, again, in his first year, he, he just reminded me a little bit too much of Jeff Drew and DeLaurier, who was always kind of losing his net. Right. And I saw a little bit of that in Skinner then. Mm-hmm. I don't see that anymore at all. I'm just really impressed with him. So um, he's got a future, I think, with the Edmonton Oilers.
1: So you're saying Dustin Schwartz may not be the worst goalie coach <laughs> in the history of goalie coaches? I don't know anything about but it. Maybe the, Maybe the kids developed a little bit on his watch. I don't know a lot about it either, but I kind of laugh when I hear the the blame being tossed around by other people who don't know a whole lot about it.
0: Well, Bruce, it might be Sylvain Rodrigue, right, who's the goalie coach in Bakersfield who deserves Mm -hmm. the credit. We don't even know, right? Like, that's the thing. We don't know on something like this. Um, Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah, yeah, he's doing well. He's making his case. Uh, He did not have an easy night's work tonight. This was kind of a loose game. Ah, looser than really it should have been. Given the the margin, the Oilers were ahead. Uh, I will say his posts also had a very fine game tonight, <laughs> at least three saves yeah. uh, on his behalf. Uh, but uh, you know what I liked about Skinner tonight uh, was his uh, puck handling. And I thought he looked good. He looked confident. He made good decisions uh, when to come out, where to move the puck to, and uh, he looked uh, a lot closer to you know competent at that important function um than well almost we ever see out of Koskinen and I would say you know Skinner is 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 clearly uh a uh a, a, a cut above in terms of what he's trying to do with the puck out there and that that was a nice part of of his game tonight love the save he made with his right pad off that deflection late in the second period there was the shot from the point and the guy tipped it out of the air and that was a Tremendous reaction save, and just uh, 38 shots he had tonight. 45 to 38. There was 83 shots in this game. So even though it was a, in some senses, if you look just at the scoreboard, a cakewalk. Uh, it was because Stuart Skinner uh, maintained, helped the Oilers maintain the big lead when they started to get sloppy.
0: Here's a thought for you, Bruce. If Mike Smith comes back and plays well and Skinner keeps mm-hmm. playing well, yeah. who goes to the minors?
1: That was my original question. It wasn't next year. It was like, right away, what do they do if Smith comes back? Who's going to be the backup? The default is you send Skinner out because he doesn't need waivers. You have a established veteran. And you get Smith more games down in the minors. And and uh, Koskinen, who's a proven backup, If he's actually, if he actually is the backup, that's the default. But Skinner's making a case for himself to be considered in the right, in the here and now.
0: It's all about winning. Koskinen doesn't have a, he's got a no trade clause. He doesn't have a no movement clause. Right. At this point, I would keep Skinner and Edmonton and put Koskinen down in the minors uh, myself. Like I, that's what I would do right now. Now that could change. We got to see how Skinner does. You know, everything's, everything's open for change based on performance at CNHL. But uh, Skinner's outplaying Koskinen by a wide margin right now. So, um, we'll see what happens. That's It's an interesting thing because I, I think it would be good for Skinner to be around Smith, um just in terms of the puck moving, seeing him do that because Skinner has that in him, I believe, to be that kind of goalie who who can dominate with the puck like Mike Smith does. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. would be that might be the payoff, yeah. um, even if he doesn't play, you know, even if he just plays to one out of three games. He could play that much. That's a lot of hockey, and he's in the NHL, and he's, he's learning at the pro level. So, oh, yeah, that might be that. the smart move in terms of his development at this point. I mean, he's been in the HL for three years already, and um, <coughs> excuse me. Well, I think he was in the ECHL, HL one year, and then two years in yep. the HL. And so, anyway, he, he's 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 ripe. So, yeah, maybe we'll see that, and maybe it'll be Koskinen who goes down. <laughs> They're not too worried about him clearing waivers, I don't think. So.
1: No, probably not. That, that's that's not a concern. Those kind of contracts clear waivers every time, and so I, I guess it's not impossible. I would it would be unconventional, and I would be surprised if they did it. And you know, and you say it's about winning. Well, uh, somebody looking looking at the raw numbers could say, well, uh, Koskinen is twelve wins, six losses, and Skinner's three wins, five losses. So if it's about winning, you got to choose Koskinen. Oh, no, I say. But now, about, would you make that uh, argument uh, for
0: yourself, or is, you, is this well, an imaginary? No, I'm
1: just saying somebody could say if it's about winning, the team's done better. I,
0: I know that. Won more
1: games yeah. with uh, with Koski, but he certainly has hit the skids this last while and lost his last four in a row. He was 12 and two at one point. But yeah. um and Skinner, you know, he, he hasn't mm-hmm. had the team necessarily playing their best games in front of him. He's had a couple of games where the team kind of stunk it out, but. Uh, Tonight's win is a big turnaround, and you're right. There, with your original comment, very interesting to see who they go with on uh, Saturday night in Seattle, uh, where Skinner played and lost four or three uh, a couple weeks ago to kick off this six game losing streak. So
0: it'll be. Skinner. Uh, but
1: I'd be tempted to go right back to him unless Smith is ready, and when Smith is ready, he's going to play.
0: <laughs> so yeah. So Koskinen, his last. Okay, here his last um, uh, eleven games, Bruce. So he played five games, and he. Um, we'll just start with his last four games. He had an eight sixty one save percentage in his last four games. The two games before that, he was good. He had a nine forty four save percentage. Two really really good games, but then the five games before that, when he had four wins and one loss, he was a, he had an eight seventy save percentage. Mm-hmm. So um, that's. Uh, n- out of 11 games he's had of two two good ones. So he's not getting it done right now. We'll see what happens. Bruce, let's leave it there. I got to go get a drink of water and suck on a cough drop and stand by my humidifier. <laughs> watch some maybe I'll watch uh some uh, Yellowstone. I'm going to start watching that. So I just finished Succession. I don't know if you watched that show, but that was just fantastic.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, do you do you watch do you have HBO?
1: uh no i have uh i have netflix oh all right i've been watching no, cat people and cat people <laughs> and the crown and uh no, my cat by the way we, we had a we had a um uh, we had an emergency with her here a couple of weeks That's ago right. and we never updated yeah, I anybody it's... well she's been wearing a cone for the last two weeks and today she had the cone removed and uh she's all her face is all healed up pretty good and uh uh she she didn't scratch the crap out of it when the cone came off, so it's all it's all looking positive.
0: All good. That's good to hear. Mm. Way to go, Cat Stevens. Bruce, mm. great to talk to you tonight.
1: Yeah. Love talking about Oilers winning a game. High time. So we can have uh, smiling faces tonight and, uh, yeah. and uh, enjoy uh, the conversation. So thanks very much for listening, everyone.